Hey, this is Cultivating Wellness Media. I'm your host, Lara Ashley, and I'm obsessed with all things business, marketing, and wellness. I'm a habitually leap of faith kind of girl, leaning in and saying yes wherever feasible. This has led me on an incredible journey, both personally throughout the world and professionally, from acting to the always evolving digital advertising world. Throughout our time together on this podcast, I'll bring you insights from leaders in the advertising, data science, and wellness industries to transform your brand presence and most importantly, your business returns. Think of this as your insight into the leap of faiths of others to propel your next adventure. So get ready to be challenged and take action. This is Cultivating Wellness Media. Hi, Trailblazers. This is Cultivating Wellness Media with your host, Laura Ashley. I am super stoked today to have brought Carlin Bushman, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, to the podcast so that you can all learn about the ways that she can work in your business so you can work on your business. And I just love one of the quotes that I recently read from her where she talks about how your business is you, that people buy from you, and that we've all heard this so many times, but as a leader of your business, when you're thinking about scaling, you can only do what you can do. And you need to make sure to focus on the ways that you can get yourself out there, get your product and your business out there. And I just love that Carlin focuses on female-owned businesses and really gives them the skills and tips, uh, awareness as to how to branch out and get more awareness and drive those uh, digital tactics, those sales tactics, those business operations tactics. I mean, there is not something she cannot do. Uh, She does it all, and I can't wait to learn from her. So, Carlin, welcome. Hi, Laura. So great to be here. What a fabulous way. Uh, I for me to end my week is with you today. And I know when our listeners might be listening to this, it may not be Friday, but I have to tell you, I am so happy to be here with you today. Thanks. Yes, it has been a long week. That is for sure. Um, But it's been an adventurous week, definitely on my end. And, you know, I'd love to kind of jump in a little bit and kind of hear about your journey and how you got to the place of, of building Carlin Bushman Consulting and working with female owned brands. And if there's any leaps of faith you've taken along the way that have brought you here. Sure. I would love to share some of that. And um, for our listeners who can't actually see us on camera together, I have to give a shout out to your pink headphones. I just have to say (laughs) that out loud to you um, and to our listeners. So there's nothing better than actually being you and who you are in your business. And I talk about that all the time. But even bringing that into the visual of you right now, it just makes me smile. And I think that's so important for all of us to just remember is the joy in the business and things that make us smile. And those little things like pink headphones are so delightful. So yes, my journey was from small business to corporate back to small business. And without going into a whole bunch of details, what I kept seeing over and over and over again was 
just the impact that women have on the economy. And I think we all have a really good understanding of that, not only on the economy from buyers and decision makers of themselves or the household or whatever the case might be, but also it was really important to me that women have the ability to create their own economy. And by creating your own economy, that leads itself into more confidence, more understanding of what's going on, you know, both in the business and outside of the business uh, as an example and inspiration for your community, your family, your children, whatever that might look like. And at the crux of that was is education. And there is nothing I love better than when I'm working with women and educating them. And we're all learning together. Like I'm learning every day from all of those fabulous conversations that I have with these women, but also getting grounded in the fundamentals of business. And I think whether you've been in business a year, a month, 10 years, just regrounding yourself in the fundamentals of what does it take to get you to the next level? And then what does it take to get you to the next level? So I've really found that um, so impactful, not only in my own business, but also when I'm helping other women. And that brings me so much joy that those aha moments when I'm on with my clients, all of a sudden, they're telling me exactly what their next steps are and how they have used those tools. I love that. And that, that, I mean, that's so, such an amazing feeling for each of those people that you work with. Um, and also has to be so rewarding for you when you're, um, working with a person, a human that's really putting their passion, their heart and soul and everything into what they've built. And often there is a really strong why on underlying in any business that they've built. And it's personally fulfilling to them to see that growth. I know you mentioned in, as you were just talking about kind of inspiring younger generations potentially. And I, when we were just chatting for a minute here, I brought up how I have a budding entrepreneur in my household. I have, uh, as I've mentioned before, a six-year-old and she is on a mission to get to Disneyland and I told her she needed to save X amount of dollars to get there. And she, we are now having a garage sale tomorrow um, because she wants to sell some toys. She has organized it. She has written all the price tags out. She has like is doing everything to make sure that this garage sale happens. If she could have had it today, she would have. I had to let her know most people aren't going to come to a garage sale on a Friday during the day. So let's wait till tomorrow where more people are available. Um, but she, there's something really important and impactful to creating these businesses for our generation uh, during our generation so that we can show the younger generations what women can do and how powerful we are and i think that's become omnipresent of late because of the barbie revolution taylor swift sweeping the country and both of those all of the press that's come about of how those are boosting the economy through just existing and how how energized it has brought the not only the the female demographic spirit but there's a strong male demographic that is all in on both of those things and i think that really took me by surprise um but i'm loving seeing this revolution that's happening and becoming more talked about and widespread in really empowering and encouraging it no longer being like a female entrepreneur. It's just 
we are entrepreneurs as well. And we are we are here to stay. We are roaring and come catch us if you can. So I know that you do an amazing job at helping female product, uh, female entrepreneurs with product base um, get ready for the holidays. And uh, what I love about the way that you do this is through early planning and making sure that these businesses know how important it is to start getting your plan in place very, very early on. I think you started talking about it two months ago. So June, maybe May, start thinking about it, start talking about it, start planning so that you can have your ducks in a line. Tell me a little bit about how you've worked with businesses either in the past and how you're encouraging them to set themselves up for success this year. Absolutely. And I just want to reflect on your daughter and her drive at this moment because Everybody listening has to have a very similar story. And I just said to Laura before we actually jumped on, this will be your daughter's story. At some point, she'll use this story in a podcast or an interview or a coffee conversation. And I have to tell you, I grew up in the country in Wisconsin and far away from many other homes and friends for that matter. I grew pumpkins and sold pumpkins on the side of the road when I was very young because I wanted a 10-speed bike because I wanted to be able to have the freedom to go where I wanted to go when I wanted to go. And that was, of course, many, many years ago. That's part of my story. That's why it's important to me to be able to make my own money, create my own economy, right? I mean, this feeds into it somewhere. I haven't thought about that story for years until just now, actually. So reflecting on that, that's going to be part of her story. That also dives right nicely into planning. The reason I found planning specifically for the holidays is because I made the mistakes. I had a, still do, I guess, to some degree, a handbag business. And when you asked earlier what, you know, where you just jumped into something. That's one thing I just jumped into. I made a lot of mistakes, a lot of inventory issues, a lot of too much inventory kind of things. I made all the mistakes, for sure, all the mistakes. And also the mistake with the planning. I was literally making Thanksgiving dinner on, um, of course, Thursday, trying to also get onto my phone to figure out what my Black Friday sale was going to look like. That was the Thursday before, that was the Thursday before Black Friday. Who does that? Who does that? If you know me today, like that is not how I like to operate. And I was trying to cook and trying to make a decision and try to make my Shopify talk and do the buy one, get one and all the things. So let's not do that. No. No. Let's not. Let's Let's, let's plan. Let's not. Let's plan. Let's not, because I'm going to guess you didn't have any goals or KPIs or anything set up when you were planning your Black Friday on Thursday. <laughs> and then I wondered yeah. why my sales were awful, like right. awful. Like if I have a sale, of course they'll buy. Well, of course not. Of course right, not. Right, right. And to be honest, I imagine there's a lot of businesses out there that still do that mistake because it just sneaks up on us. Time disappears. And unless someone's loudly talking to us and kind of reminding us and almost interrupting us and saying, you need to listen, you need to start planning for the holidays now, all those things that you wish you did last year, you need to do now. Like, so what are some things that people can start to implement as far as planning is concerned at this stage for 2024? Absolutely. We're not in 2024. We're in 2023, aren't we? (laughs) 
Yes. Yes, we are. I made that same mistake last week. Well, time scarcity is a thing. So if we can avoid the time scarcity issues, as you've just described, and I'm sure we all got a little tense when we heard that, first of all, it's not too late. So let's go ahead and resolve ourselves to say it's not too late. You are not making Thanksgiving dinner at the same time you are trying to plan for your holiday sale. Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Small Business Saturday, they are not if they're going to happen or, you know, they're going to happen. So let's give ourselves that grace. And some of the key things to do right now is really research any kind of holiday gift guides. Get visible. But I don't mean get visible with your 27 SKUs or your 27 products. I mean, pick some of your top sellers, one or two top sellers, and go look for all the holiday gift guides, all the fall gift guides, all the anything that is like a drop, that that there's collaboration involved. So tons of organizations like to offer that, whether they're local and small, right within your own community, or the Chamber of Commerce in your communities, or on a larger scale. You know, we can all think of Oprah's list, right? Like that would be considered a larger scale. And I'm going to tell you right now, that one's probably already filled up and accounted for. But it is never too late to look for any of the other ones. And it is a good time to put onto your calendar right now, next May of 2024, start holiday gift guide research or have somebody on your team or make it a project for somebody. So it's never too late to start even planning into your next year. But for this year, go find them. They're still open today. Matter of fact, I have a fall gift guide. And that is exactly the reason I started it is to help businesses get prepared to go find the other gift guides. So I think I have four spots left as of today for a fall gift guide. All you have to do is go to my website and there's a link, click, and you're good to go. Um, When they're gone, they're gone. But I've done it. This is my third year doing it. And I do it specifically to help you organize yourself and your assets to participate in these gift guides. And you you want to take advantage of them as much as possible. It is amazing visibility. That is fantastic. And I love that the purpose behind why you created your fall gift guide is really to to give the toolkit and make sure that all businesses out there are preparing themselves appropriately so that they already have it all done and taken care of and can and have a clearer I'm going to guess a clear understanding of all the things that need to happen for other various gift guides in their local area, larger ones, whatever it may be, so that they can really uh, get their brand presence out there and hit those revenue goals. Because as we all know, that is the largest shopping season of the year. That is where businesses are made and make and break uh, their year-end goals. And what is there any other uh, tactics that you tend to consult a lot of businesses on outside of holiday gift guides um, that really help them leverage the holiday season. So I know from from my experience in the past, um, when I've worked with like SEO optimization and website optimization, we try to talk to our clients very early on, about six months out from the holiday season at, you know, 10 to, to make sure that their website is in shape to handle and to drive that type of traffic and that the customer journey is really clear and efficient so that when uh, a customer does show up, drive, is driven to your website from or your store, if you are a, a brick and mortar, from a, one of these gift guides, 
they can understand how to uh, navigate through the website and really uh, convert to a sale. I love that. And you're absolutely spot on. That is absolutely one of the things I talk through is that customer journey. And I'm going to take that a step further. They get to your website. You're so excited. They purchase from you. You're running a fabulous sale. But are you making a profit on that product? Laura, what we really dive into is doing a product profit analysis. In other words, it's great if you knock it out of the park this year in your holiday sales. Let's say you doubled what you did last year. That's fabulous. But if you didn't double your profits or at least improve on those and you end up with the same profitability as you did last year, that is such a drag, right? So what we really look at is really understanding how much does it cost you to make the product import it, manufacture it, whatever the, whatever the pieces are, and then adding in the expenses of your company and then looking at your profitability. So if you're going to offer a Black Friday, Cyber Monday sale, and you're going to take 40% off site-wide so you can move some product, well, is that going to leave you with 8% profit? Like, that's not great. No. And so how do you kind of counsel people through those decision-making process to make sure that they clearly understand the numbers? Because in some scenarios, the visionary of a company isn't necessarily, or the visionary of a product isn't necessarily the person that strongly understands numbers or can clearly understand those objectives and how one may affect the other. Do you have any like advice when when speaking with with clients of yours? I do. Um, first and foremost, I I made all the mistakes. If I haven't already said that, <laughs> and best um, way to give advice is having yes. lived all the problems. Yes, I was so excited about my sales line when I was on a Shopify store, and then I looked at my profits, and not so great. But on that note, um, I do. It's really. As you might guess, I have a spreadsheet. Um, It's a tool that I use where I drop in all of the pricing and it calculates everything for you. So if you're going to put something on sale, I can tell you exactly how much profit you're going to make from it. And I work with my clients on this quite a bit. We really go to school on the financials of it because the statistics of women in business, it's, it's easy. I don't want to say easy. I'm not disrespecting the leap of faith, but it is one thing to start a business, to get your tax ID, to open up your bank account, right? To get a domain name. Okay, we can do that. But to stay in business... That's a challenge. For women to stay in business, it's hard. It, it stirs up all the stuff, as we know. It's, it's juggling a lot of different things. But then it's also knowing your numbers, like you just alluded to, and making a profit. And you're not going to stay in business if you don't make a profit at the end of the day. That's what it is, right? So it's really important for me to look at your product listing or offerings and go through those and make really good calculated decisions on what is your what are your costs, and what are your expected profits? And what do you want your expected profits to be? And what does that look like? And we do that both on direct-to-consumer and wholesale side. Because if you're going to also work through the wholesale side of the businesses, right, offering your product to a um, boutique or a big box or whatever the case is, um, you're going to want to know how much profitability you're making on the wholesale side. So you have to set your prices accordingly. And you don't know that actually until you work through the spreadsheets. Yeah, no, I mean, the importance cannot be understated of knowing your financials when 
uh, starting a business when you're a year in, five years in, 10 years in, day in and day out, knowing exactly where your business is at financially is a make or break, whether you're service or product-based. I know you primarily work with product-based companies, but if you don't know that information, then it's going to be rough. <laughs> and and you have a lower likelihood of withstanding the the rougher times of business and making it through it, especially as, you know, a lot of us had fears over the last year or two of what, what was happening in the economy. And those that really had, or five years, I feel like we could almost say with COVID. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, you know, if you didn't know where you stood financially, that you had a lower chance of making it, um, for sure. Now, do you work with clients in their in marketing capacities as well, or is it mostly in operations and finance uh, for your current businesses? I know you definitely have skill sets in marketing. Right. So we do. Um, and when I think through how we approach our, our clients, it's really meeting them on their journey where they are and what their needs are. Many times they come to us with one thing. It's like walking into Target, right? You walk in, you're like, I'm here to pick up, you know, let's say I'm going to pick up some toothpaste and some toilet paper and paper towel. And all of a sudden you're cruising through and you're like, whoa, that is a really cute workout set. Like, you know, I could use some new leggings and probably a sports bra. Super. Add that to the cart. And then you walk further and you're like, oh, wait, hold up. What is that? So we really address where they are and make it budget friendly. A lot of times it's, again, back to the education. So once you can get grounded in the four key areas, that's financials, um, technology. I love technology and getting it to work for you, not you working for your technology, marketing and management. So we really talk about those four pillars in any business And many times our clients will come to us to kind of walk through the financials and then we drop into marketing and they may have a marketing team, they may have a marketing person, whatever the case is, and that's great. And then we just talk through KPIs of that marketing person or that marketing team and really build a very holistic approach to your business so that you don't have to feel like you're running that solo or not sure what to always ask or not sure what your next launch should look like, um, or when to launch those things. So it's a really collaborative approach. It just really depends where you are in your business and making sure all those puzzle pieces fit together nicely to grow, not only get grounded, but then to set goals and grow. Yeah, no, that's super important. And I love that that you use the specific word holistic, because I think um, that seems to be a theme lately with people that I'm speaking to, that in, in widely different avenues, that whether it be health and wellness, and kind of holistically looking at all of the avenues that health and wellness plays into our lives, or with someone that I recently spoke to that is a master chai, a master Tai Chi uh, teacher, and she like really brings in that holistic mindset, physicality component of it. And then you're really going into the business end of things and really how you can holistically look at a business and see which things need the most attention now and which things maybe needs attention, but it may not fit their financial capabilities at the moment. And so we'll put that attention on the back burner and we'll get to that later. But I I love when I come across someone that really is able to look at all angles of a business. And it's a 
it's a far and few between skill set. I feel like a lot of people have a strong base understanding in their lane and understand how to function in all those very different aspects. You're talking to really different characteristics of people when you're talking to marketing, finance, operations. That's how do you navigate those conversations and kind of be able to get everybody understanding and speaking the same language? Because coming from a marketing end, I know, and having married an engineer, we speak very different languages. (laughs) Well, and, and you just you just actually answered the question, which is great. First of all, listening just really, really focusing and listening to what the needs are of that particular CEO. And then understanding, like you just said, the love languages, right? My love language is spreadsheets and technology and some of the creativity. And I have a team that works with me who they are very skilled in each of their areas. And I was very deliberate about that because I can't I can't do it all. I don't have all the ideas all of the time. And I love my team and I lean on them all the time because they're fabulous. But you're right. It is actually looking at the big picture and figuring out which should come first. And that's what's really exciting to me is to be able to take a look at your business and say, just like you said, which should come first? What can we do today? And that's, again, the power of planning. So today we know we want to get sales in the third and fourth quarter. Okay, we've got that. Imagine the feeling when you accomplish the goal of getting those sales with the corresponding profits. And next year, you know, in your budget, you're going to outsource or hire a digital marketing agency, or you're going to hire somebody to run those ads for you, or you're going to hire X, whatever X is. You put it out there. So now you've earmarked part of those profits that you worked hard to get in Q3 and Q4, and you've earmarked that into 2024. That's really cool to be able to do that. So looking at what comes first, what comes second, and then reground, set the goal, what comes first, what comes second. It's it's kind of that layering. Um, if you know where you're starting and then where you're headed to, it feels a lot better than this frenzied approach of not sure what should come next. And we really, really work on that. We expect you to grow and we want to be a partner with you in your business. Always. We've always got your back. Always. I love that feeling. I, I want somebody to do that with me. You know, I will say I have a business coach and it's fabulous. So I like that feeling We're not a financial partner necessarily because we're not going to share in your profits. You get to keep those. But we want you to succeed in that. Yeah. Wow. How lucky are the businesses? And I don't mean that as a question. I mean that as an exclamation point that work with you. That is amazing that they have someone that's so invested and so aware of your talents and aware of the team members' talents and knowing how to effectively effectively pull which person in that needs to be brought in for each individual specific business and really analyzing not kind of a a blanket, here is how we do things, but more of a, here is what we see your company needs. And does that fit with what you are hoping to get out of this relationship? And because it is 100% a relationship and a two-way street when working with a a brand and a business, and whether it be a coach or a consulting firm, you need to make sure that you both have the the same interests in it so that we can really drive that um, ultimate goal in the long run. And that just, I just love the way that you uh, kind of attack um, working. And I, I love 
as you were talking about kind of setting goals and that they maybe hit their Q3 and Q4 revenue goals or surpass them and then earmarking for X thing for the next year, it just made me think about, man, that starts at six. Looping back to my daughter with Disneyland, that's all I kept thinking about. Are you with the pumpkin patch is, or the, you know, the selling the pumpkins is that you set a goal when you achieve your goal, then I get X, Y, Z. And I think that it's so cool that that continues. It gets on a larger scale by no by, but, but it continues. And um, so what are some other operationally, you, you know, you definitely lean into the planning for sure, leaning into the numbers. What are some, some marketing avenues that you've kind of come across with products that you've worked with that you've found really successful? I know it depends on the product and, and what, who their target market is, but is there like a campaign that you or a brand that you really found a lot of excitement and joy in working with and how you were able to kind of market that, uh, to grow their sales? Oh, there's so many. Um, I, I, I could just, I could go on about that. Um, and I think what's amazing is I have a Shopify strategist on my team and it's really fun to work with her because she is constantly evaluating applications inside of Shopify to see which ones work, which ones don't, which are worth their time, which aren't, which will slow down your site speed, which won't, you know, so that's been really, really, really fun. And I think a lot, you know, I, we've worked with everything from pregnancy brand where they are have subscription boxes. That's been amazing. You know, food brands, so uh, CPG products, right? So we've worked with quite a few of those. We've worked with um, service-based businesses who have products. So that's been a nice hybrid of conversation and looking at what are their goals. Maybe a service-based business who has a product doesn't necessarily want to do or has the capacity to do a ton of you know, workshops and in-person courses and events in Q th- Q4, but they have a great um, book of products that they can offer. So that's what we'll go to school on for them in Q4 is really promote their products. So they have that stream of revenue coming in and they don't have to have such a huge time commitment headed into the holidays for themselves personally. So I, I'm not really answering your question about one that stands out versus the other because to your point, it's um, since we approach it holistically, they're all a little bit different, and they all are at different stages of growth, which is, which is very encouraging and exciting to work with each of those different companies. The one thing I wanted to touch on when you said holistic approach to it too is, I think as CEOs, you know, like I said, we wear lots, lots of hats, and what you and your podcast offer so many of our listeners is that beautiful, holistic approach. And I had one person say to me not too long ago where she has a team around her and she's a very successful entrepreneur and CEO. And she has a team of a Tai Chi instructor or a personal trainer or a spiritual advisor or a, you know, a therapist, whatever, or a business coach or, you know, all of these different people that are part of her team. And I think as she's grown, she's found how beneficial that is and not only herself, but then those she supports and those who work for her. And that's what makes such a healthy, holistic approach to a company. And I know I went off script a little bit on that, but it really resonated with me when you said it and thinking about your listeners. 
Yeah, no, I absolutely love that. And I 100% agree. I mean, I've been on this larger journey personally of intentionality and being really present and aware of where I am at each given moment, literally physically, not, I mean, mentally as well, but physically, who am I with and who am I giving my attention to? And how do I kind of cut off the other thoughts that are going on in my head so that I can be fully present with that person so that I can then more holistically go into all the avenues that I love about my life. And I really wasn't in that place for a while. And this March, I just kind of made a blanket decision that it was happening. Like, it had to happen. It it takes a whole lot more planning, as you've kind of talked about. But I had to invite more people into my life. I had to release some control and delegate, which I know you are huge on as well, and really let other people do things the way they may do them. And that that is also beneficial and good and has brought some really amazing moments of joy to my life, uh, both personally and professionally, to be able to reach out and ask for that help and to include all those other skill sets and aspects of that people may have that can holistically increase my accountability in life and my ability to lean into all those professional and personal moments. And it seems like you really kind of also coach people, consult coach people on making sure to do those things so that they can show up best for their business. And if they're showing up best for their business, they're going to ultimately have the higher return on on anything that they put their energy into. You're absolutely right. And how scary is it though, right? How how scary is that? Let's just be fully transparent and vulnerable here. When you made that shift in March, you're like, oh boy, here we go. Or, I mean, it is, it is, it is scary. How scary is it to spend the money on something or someone to help support you? And you're thinking, you know, you get into that scarcity mindset. You're like, I'm not sure I should do it. I'm not sure I should do it. I get it. Like a thousand percent. I get it. I've done it. I've been there. I'm sure I still do it, by the way. And that's that's what's so beautiful about planning. At least that takes a little bit of that out of play. And there's a few clients that I'm working with right now on budgeting for 2024. And that's what we're doing. We're, we're saying, okay, at least let's put this to paper. What do you want to have in your business in 2024? Let's just put down a wants, like let's list it all. Do you want this? What, what do you want? You know, and what's going to go to manufacturing? What's going to go to design? What's going to go to you know, shipping, all the basics, right? What can we eliminate? What should we add? What should marketing spend be? What does that look like? But even creating and more, most importantly, creating that piece for you as the leader, what are you putting in retreats? Are you putting in support systems? Are you putting in something to support you in this as well? And that's, that's a real thing. And a membership at a gym, a monthly massage, whatever it is, um, it's very cool to take that ownership and be able to put that into, now I'm blending, you know, that piece with your financials because that's, that's where it goes. And then it takes all that scarcity out of like, out of your mindset. Yeah. And that, that scarcity mindset is 
really harmful to any individual and business owner. Um, if you are in that kind of panic mode, it is not going to be well, not going to be good for your business or your personal life. I lived in that scarcity mindset, not necessarily financially, but maybe sort of, but time for sure. And all of that for three years, I, I had a child at the very beginning of COVID and so all of my time evaporated because I thought my three and a half year old was going to be at school. And I thought I was going to have a night nanny and all of that disappeared. And we made the best of it. And there's so many amazing things that came out of it. But that time scarcity became really, real, really fast for me. And I lived in it for two or three years and I didn't do anything to take care of myself and that's what made that huge shift in March for me is and is I there was no longer a choice. Like I had to start taking care of myself in a better manner. And the second I stepped away, it shifted and changed so many things professionally for me uh, in my enjoyment level of coming in day in and day out to work. But personally, my children just they were able to detach so much more easily from me and give me that breathing room that I desperately needed because of the overwhelming love that they had for me. Sometimes we just need a moment and they fought it for a week. It was really hard and I had to put my noise canceling headphones on so that I did not intervene and that I allowed others to take it on. And I it was a game changer in our household. Like the the shift that it made in all of our lives was huge. And I wouldn't go back now. Anytime I start to see myself slipping back into those places, I like immediately, as you said, book a massage. And I, there's a place here in Houston called Trellis Spa that I go to because I can go there for a day and just like take advantage of all their facilities and clear my head. And usually I come back so much more energized and recharged. A lot of times, definitely personally, but a lot of times professionally, I really find myself ready to dig in and get so excited about something that maybe had been planned or in my head to get done that I just kept procrastinating on because I didn't have the bandwidth or energy to to dive into it. Um, so there's so much to be said for taking that time as a business owner uh, for yourself to make sure that you can best show up for any of your employees. Laura, I love that you shared that. And here's what I'm thinking. You just gave me a great idea. And I think I'm really going to speak to this, not only for myself, but for my team, my clients, and anybody else who's listening. I think I'm going to look at my calendar. Not I think. I am going to look at my calendar uh, for the rest of this year and then all of next year. And I'm going to take either at least a day a quarter. If I can do a day a month, that would be delightful, but that may not happen. So I'm going to take a day a quarter and completely block off my schedule and not worry about, and it's going to be during the week. This You cannot count a Saturday or Sunday here. And I'm going to take a day, a quarter, and whether I end up going to a spa like you just mentioned, that would be great. If it's just sitting outside in my backyard, whatever the case is, and I'm going to use that as my grounding day. And I think for anybody listening, and we've talked a lot about planning today, pause the podcast or mark this podcast, save this podcast, and remind yourself just mark a day off 
one day a quarter, do that for yourself because you're spot on. There are times when all of a sudden the creativity drops in and I'm like, oh my gosh, I finally gave myself some space to like come up with that idea and I'm going to try it. It sounds maybe a little crazy, but I'm going to see, I'm going to see if that will work, you know, and why not, right? Why not? What do I have to lose? Yeah, absolutely. And I have enjoyed speaking with you so much today, Carlin. I I feel like I've personally learned so many valuable things and and the reminder always to to make that plan a little bit before the day before a garage sale probably in the future, but uh you know, uh from a from a business perspective, not, uh, I make sure that I have all my, my I's dotted and my T's crossed ahead of time, know my financial numbers and really look from a holistic perspective, how I can best attack my small business. And so any product-based businesses out there, we're going to leave all of, um, the ways to contact Carlin in the show notes. And Carlin, I just, I'm so thankful that you took the time to chat with me today. I have been loving watching your journey and so excited that I had the opportunity to meet you. Likewise, Laura. And I can't wait to reconnect with you. I feel like we could have talked for another hour at least. Yes. Yes. We didn't even touch on the fact that we're both Midwesterners. So that will be from another day. I'm a Chicago-based girl originally. So uh, we've got a lot in common for sure. So I just want to thank all of the trailblazers out there that tuned in today. This has been Cultivating Wellness Media, and I'm your host, Laura Ashley. I'm sending you a virtual hug because you've just reached the end of another incredible episode of Cultivating Wellness Media. Time sure flies when you're diving into inspiring content, doesn't it? If you're hungry for more or eager to share your own wellness journey, I invite you to reach out to me on Instagram. Don't forget to visit the show notes for all the necessary contact details. Keep cultivating your well-being and spreading that positive energy until we meet again. Thank you for joining me on this trailblazing adventure.